This episode of Software Social is brought to you by Reform. As a business owner, you need forms all the time for lead capture, user feedback, SaaS onboarding, job applications, early access signups, and many other types of forms. Here's how Reform is different. Your brand shines through, not Reforms. It's accessible out of the box, and there are no silly design gimmicks like frustrating customers by only showing one question at a time. Join indie businesses like Fathom Analytics and Savvy Cal and try out Reform. Software Social listeners get one month free by going to reform.app/social and using the promo code social on checkout. So Michelle, how are things going with your book tour? So the book tour itself is going well. Um, I did Indie Hackers, Build Your SaaS, um, Searching for SaaS, One Night in Product. I just recorded another one yesterday. No, 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 today. No, that was, <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a lot with it. Um, <laughs> I guess that's what it says. Cause yes, I had, I love it. Let's see yesterday. No, Tuesday I did a session with Founder Summit and then I also had a call with someone about being on their podcast yesterday. That'll be in November. And then I've scheduled another one for October. And then I did another wow. group session today. Um, and then, yeah. Actually, you know, it's funny. I got off of that and Matias was like, do you know what you just did? And I was like, what? Like, he was like, you just did consulting. And I was like, no, I did. <gasps> like, because it was, yeah. You- did. No, I didn't. I was like, it wasn't personalized. It was just like a workshop and people asked like questions. Like I just, I just talked about the book like, and I was like, no, it wasn't. And he was like, sure. yeah, it wasn't. I was like, mm, stop. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I actually kind of need to like cool it a bit on the promotion stuff. Like dude, like yes. so this week, I spent like two days this week um, creating a Google Sheets uh, plugin for Geocodio. It was so nice to like be playing around with spreadsheet functions again. Like after doing all this like writing and then talking about the stuff I wrote, like it was very comfortable. It was much more comfortable than talking yes. about uh, <laughs> yes. like, I don't know. It was your happy place. It was my you happy place. Excel. It was it's your happy yeah, place. It really is. <laughs> Um, but actually, so I have another spreadsheet that doesn't have many fun functions in it, uh, is the number of books I have sold adding up, you know, PDF well, tell us. okay, 494. Oh, <gasps> oh my gosh. That's amazing. I know it's so close to 500 and it's been so close for hundred for 500 for like days. And like the other yeah. day I was like, maybe I've like tapped out the market for this at 490 like that's really good like the average book sells like 300 so like that's really good um and uh yeah so so I mean I'm gonna do like I'm gonna be on some other podcasts and 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 whatnot and like actually I remember seeing once um Rob Fitzpatrick once but I think actually it's in his new book he has a graph of the revenue of the mom test and like the growth of that book is, I mean, a, a case in compounding. Um, okay. So 
Right. So, you know, it's not all like in the beginning and like there's really positive signs, like people are recommending to other people, people are writing reviews, like, um, so, so yeah, I feel good, but man, I really want to get to 500. I don't know. I haven't been thinking about the numbers very much. I mean, that's only six. But like, I really, I really want to get to 500. I don't know why. Like, it's like getting to like, you know, a thousand or whatever. Like, that's, that's not even like remotely like a possibility to me. Like, I don't even really think about it. But now it's like so close. I'm like, that would be so awesome. I wager a guess that by the time this podcast airs on Tuesday, you will be at 500. That's only six more books. Maybe, maybe. And by the way, if people want a free copy of this, of the book. So if you are listening when it comes out on, on Tuesday or Wednesday, transistor, um, dot FM is running a little giveaway on their Twitter account. I think Justin saw my, like, I think 490 is all I'm ever going to sell. Okay. And I was like, (laughs) no. (laughs) So they're giving away five copies of the book. You just have to go retweet the tweets about the book. Um, so yeah. Yeah. If you just go to the deploy. Wonderful. That'll help expand your your reach. Yeah. And it was interesting here. I was like helping you interview people on podcasts. I'm like, yeah, I guess you could. I mean, it doesn't have to just be for, um, for customers. Anyway. Oh yeah. yeah. You, your book applies to so much. So that's where the, that's, that's where the book is. But I gotta say, I think I gotta, I think I need to give myself a little break on promotion. Otherwise I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn out on that. Burn out. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that when you were talking about like how you're hitting it so hard. I was like, wait, isn't this what happened with writing the book? And then afterwards you were like, yes, this, I have a pattern. (laughs) Yes. I do things way overboard and then I exhaust myself. So maybe we should approach it like a marathon instead of a sprint. Yeah, I think so. I haven't scheduled anything for next week. So actually, I don't have anything scheduled until the first week of October. So, okay. Yeah, kind of just, yeah. So, so, you know, hopefully by the, you know, yeah, by, by the time I'm on again, because I'm off next week. um, Yay, vacation. Yeah. Oh my God. Dude, I'm going to America. I'm so excited. I'm so happy for you. Uh, okay. Um, I can't wait to just go to Target and Trader Joe's. Anyway. So do you not have Target in Denmark? We do not have Target. We have a store that's inspired by Target or like more like inspired by Walmart. But like it's just like there's just nothing like getting a Starbucks and walking around Target. You know, it's just. True story. Anyway. Um, what's going on with you? So I did quite a bit of work on Simple File Upload since we last talked. I actually spent a good chunk of time doing some technical work, some cleanup work that needed to be done, but I have gotten the demo on my homepage, oh, which is really exciting. Yeah. yeah. That's the like code pen demo thing that we've been talking about for a while, right? Correct. Okay. So instead of putting a code pen up, I actually just put a drop zone. So you can literally, if you go into my site, it just says drop a file to try it and you can drop a file. Sweet. And so that is something I know, right? So that's something I've been talking about doing for a long time, which I finally got done. So that's exciting. 
Yeah. And there was some other stuff with like the log on flow that wasn't really uh, quite correct. It wasn't wrong. It just wasn't really right. So I, I just spent a lot of time kind of getting that cleaned up. Oh, and the API for deleting events is up. Mm-hmm. So that was a real hustle for me because I have someone who reached out to me and they were like, hey, we totally want to use your thing but we have to be able to delete files, you know, from our software, not from the dashboard. Mm. And so that external forcing function of this potential customer just made me do it. And so I have that done. So I, oh, I feel now that I have like a completely functioning piece of software. (laughs) Did they buy it? So that's exciting. Not yet. They claim (sighs) that they're going to start their project like next month. I don't know if they will or won't, but we have developed kind of like relatively frequent-ish email communication and stuff. So I think it'll be good. Um, Either way, it forced me to kind of do it. So I'm happy to have that because that is something I really wanted to do because I wanted to make sure I had that before I allow multiple uploads. Mm -hmm. So the question now, oh, and we, we had a huge, I mean, a huge spike. We don't, the site doesn't get tons and tons of visitors, but we had a huge spike in visitors because we're actually publishing content. Oh. Now. Yeah. So like things are, I'm doing things. So that's exciting. Did you get the documentation stuff done that we talked about? So I decided that it wasn't worth my time to completely rip out the documentation and redo it. So, I, but I did go in there and try to take what I had, which as you're, to your point, I think last week or two weeks ago, is you said, you know, it's fine. It kind of looks like a readme, like it's not beautiful, but it's functional. So I tried to make it more functional by adding more documentation. And then I hired a developer to write a blog posts. I shouldn't, it's almost more like a tutorial, how to use this in react. Mm -hmm. So his article is up. So I've been putting a lot of content on the site the past week. You are on fire. I know girl, I'm feeling good. I mean, part of it is like hiring my own sister has been so good for me because she can call me on my bullshit because she (laughs) works for me, but she's also like my best friend. So she's like, just stop whining and just do it. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. I joke that like she's part marketing expert, part like life coach. Like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you, you've got the fire under you now. I do. I mean, I have not seen. Okay, so it's only been a week, right? So we've seen an increase in the tick of people coming to the site. I have not seen any kind of great increase in signups. Signups are still. Well, actually, I have not seen a great increase in signups. But what I have seen is. My file uploader hit 10,000 files uploaded this week. Whoa, like people are using it. Right? (laughs) Right. So what has happened is remember in the beginning, I was really concerned because all these people were signing up and then like 30% of the people were using it. So all those non-users have churned. So the people who are paying me now are actually using it actively. So that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So I'm not seeing an increase. My MRR is still bouncing around 1,000. Again, nothing to sneeze at. Like, it's a good number. But I haven't seen any kind of great jumps. But I think part of that is because the people who aren't using it have left. And then the people who are using it, you know, the people who have signed up are actually committed to using it. Right. But new people have not come in that have replaced the people who have churned. Right. Not really. Like, a couple. But, you know, at one point I had three people paying me 250 bucks a month. Like, that was pretty awesome. And now I only have one person. 
Is that the yeah. is that the the whale that we talked about that like wasn't using it and wasn't replying to your emails? Yeah. So I've had three of those people come in and come out. One is still there. Again, not using it, not responding to emails. <laughs> but I'm not trying to hassle him. So All right, okay, dude. if that's what you want to do. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out. So I'm fi- I mean the energy there is really good and I feel like I've made a lot of I've done a lot of things. I haven't seen yet the the response from that from a revenue standpoint, but I feel like if I just keep pushing in this direction, I'll get there. So I'm trying to decide what to do next. So <laughs> well, I, for so long I had this list of things and every time we talked, I felt like getting advice from you on what to do next wasn't really useful because I hadn't even done the other things I was supposed to do, but now I have done the other things. So I'm trying to decide if it should focus on other ways to use it. So now that I have an API for deletion, I can open up multiple file uploads, which is kind of cool. I already do it for a client, like on the, on the download secretly because I control their site, but I could, so I could write more content showing people how to actually use it and like, and kind of go in that direction. Or I could make the UI more flashy and add a, like an image, um, modifier editing tool, which would be kind of cool. Or I could, I don't know. That's what I got right now. What do you think? What do your customers say you should do? My customers don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) So we are trying to do another round of customer interviews. So I did, we offered a $25 Amazon gift card and we're going around to everyone who's actively using it to see if anyone wants to talk to us. So we are doing that. Okay. we are trying to do, that was another thing. Like I'm kind of proud of myself just because when we moved here, our schedule was so variable. I couldn't really get like solid work hours. Like this is when I can work, but we did send out those emails requesting customer interviews. So that is on the docket. Cause like I could sit here and be like, Oh yeah, like that sounds good. But like, don't listen to me. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, I actually, I have a question for you that that's, yeah. Kind of kind of a different topic, but I feel like you are so you're so enthusiastic right now and I have to wonder whether working on stuff for your like quote unquote day job, which was, you know, the consulting before and then was the other company and now and now is Hammerstone like like I kind of have to wonder if like working on stuff during like work is like if if that working on stuff that you're excited about during the day is energizing you for your side project. Cause I just feel like the energy that I am hearing from you is like so much more than it has been oh. before. Like you're, you're just like I, fired up. I totally am Michelle. I, someone had, you know, all those, there's always tweets like, oh, all the things, the best decisions I've ever made in my life or, you know, all that stuff. I saw one the other day and it was the two most important decisions you're going to make in your life are who you marry and what you do for a living. And I can tell, I mean, I'm literally for the first time in ever, (laughs) I'm in my late thirties, first time in ever doing exactly what I have always wanted to do. And it's amazing. I mean, and the coolest thing is like the Hammerstone stuff. So I'm working on that. I'm working with people I think are awesome. I go to sleep and I wake up and my business partner has like done this amazing stuff because he's just like cranking out code like a rock star. And I'm like, oh, Aaron's like, oh, while you were sleeping, I made this totally amazing thing. <laughs> and I'm like, 
glad I partnered with you, buddy, because you know what's up. <laughs> I swear um, to God, every day so- Aaron has like some new like thing and yeah. Dude, who is he? I'm like, <laughs> when do you sleep? Like what? He also has twins. Brother? Yeah. Like newborn not twins. Baby twins. Like, not just right. twins, but like, not like newborn. Ten. Like, I mean, I guess babies do kind of sleep a lot at weird times, mm, but like, I, I don't know. And he has a job. There's also like, um, there's kind of the, like we want, we launched Geocodio when Sophie was four months old. And I feel like there was like this, we got this like motivation from it because it was like, you know, she would go to bed at like seven or 7.30. And then, you know, we we knew she was going to wake up at like midnight or two or whatever, but it was like, oh my God, we finally have two hours to ourselves. Let's use it as productively as possible. Like this thing I've been thinking about this whole time while I was changing diapers, I can do it now. Like, and it was weirdly motivating and also incredibly exhausting and a blur, but I don't know, man. Yeah. Aaron, like, dude you're a machine. Yeah. It's so impressive. Um, I think part of that too might be, you know, it's that thing. If you only have three hours to do something, like you get that thing done in three hours. Whereas if you give yourself 30 days to do it, it'll take you 30 days. But I think for me, I, I mean, my journey, you know, has been from a job I didn't really like to all kind of bouncing around doing different things to learning how to code years ago, always the goal when I was learning how to code was to get to where I am right now. And I'm finally here. And it is super awesomely exciting. Like I'm literally working with someone I have wanted to not, I mean, also Aaron, but like not just him working with someone I've always wanted to work with on something that's exciting. And it's like our business. I can't imagine a better knock on wood. (laughs) I can't imagine a better work scenario for me. And I think that energy that comes from that scenario absolutely bleeds into simple file upload. Like honestly, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was like, I should just sell it and be done with it. Like I was just kind of over it. And then hiring my sister really helped because she's really excited. And like just having a higher level of energy in general for this thing has been really fun. You know, I I feel like I've I've heard you talk a little bit about how when you were uh, first starting out and and working as, as an engineer, like electrical engineer, rather, um, you were like talking to people at work uh, about how like, you know, they had all these like hopes and dreams when they got out of college. And then like those things never happened. And then they were it was 30 years later and they were just miserable. And you were like, oh, my God, I'm not like I can't do that. And I, I, I like I wonder what was the moment when you realized that like your solution to that was like learning how to code, like what made that happen? And, and, but like inspired you to not only realize that it was possible, but like, but then you acted on it. Like. Well, I think part of it for me is I worked for a big firm, a big company and I mean, that wasn't just like one of the middle managers. That was like all of the middle managers, right? Clearly these guys, they had started at 23 or 22 because they wanted to pay off college loans. They started working. It was a very comfortable job, right? They paid us well. We, I don't want to say we didn't work that hard, but we really didn't work that hard. It was a lot of very bureaucratic, right? Like lots of meetings, lots of organizing. And, you know, before they know it, before they knew it, these guys were comfortable and then they got married and they had kids and, you know, most of them, their spouse stayed home. So then they 
felt that they were in this position where they were totally stuck and they, I mean, 30 years, I'm not exaggerating. Like these guys had been there for 30 years and they kind of, it, it, it was just like this pervasive energy of like real, like, uh, you know, the whole energy was just kind of like, everyone was just kind of bummed about their situation. Like, no, it was sad, but they were definitely like felt the weight of this really boring job they'd done for 30 years. And so for me, it was really hard because like, again, it's so comfortable. Like they loved me. They paid me well, didn't have to, you know, it wasn't all that stressful, but like my, first of all, it wasn't hard at all. Like your brain, when you don't get to think or you don't get to be like intellectually stimulated, it's just like blah, 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 blah. And I didn't know if I could. I mean, what I'm doing now has always been the dream. I couldn't see that eight years ago. Like if you had told me I'd be doing what I did, eight, I'd be here eight years ago, I would have been like, there's no way. Like it felt like a freaking mountain to climb. I mean, like it would never, I would never, ever get there. And I mean, I think a lot of it was just like, you know, obviously all the work I put in, seeing it as, as a vision I could reach and the community I was part of and, you know, the communities I built along the way, but I couldn't see it. I mean, that's why, you know, I kind of make that parallel sometimes with what I'm doing now. Cause like back then I couldn't see, could not, couldn't see it. Like just, I'm still amazed. And I can't see myself, my friend the other day who has a um, business said, oh, I think it's way easier to go from 1K to 5K. And I was like, I can't even see that right now. Like that feels like a million dollars to me. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's way easier to go from one to 5K than zero to 1K. And I was like, really? So I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's a lot there. You know, I, I was thinking about the, the other day because I was talking to someone who um, who has has had a hard life, but it turned out that they, you know, I was talking to them about what they do and, you know, they're, and, and, and they uh and they're like oh but you know but I, I kind of know how to edit videos and you know do some graphic design and stuff and I was like dude like if you have a little bit of technical competency and like turn out they've done like a little bit of like python stuff I was like run with that but I realized like I didn't actually know where to like send them like I told them about like indie hackers and you know other stuff and I was but I was like I was like I don't actually know like where to send you to like learn how to like code or like no code like I think I said I like, told him about bubble and like and I mean I mean it's part of the reason why like we, we do this podcast in the first place is to kind of like demystify this whole thing about like running your own little internet company which is still a weird job um and like show people that it's possible I guess um and that, you know, they don't have to be in a dead end job or selling leggings as you are. Uh, uh, we watched the documentary. I, the Lula Rich it? documentary. We started it. Um, I thought of you the whole time. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, and I realized I didn't even know where to send them. And it got, just got me thinking about your story. And it's like you were in a dead end job. Like not only like like what. I don't know, like, what was that, like, what inspired you to be like, yeah, I have to do something about it, and here's what I'm going to do? So I think for me, it was a lot of things happened at once, but it was, I was in a dead-end job where I had some real jerks that I worked with, and it was like, I don't have to put up with this, like, I'm out. Yeah. And so then it was, 
when when I decided to go back to work, they wanted me back. I mean, they would have taken me back with no no interviews, like no hard shit, like just come on back. And man, that was tempting because the money is so good, was good. Um, but I I saw uh, those guys. Those guys were always in my mind, like the guys who never took a shot. And I was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that person who never takes a shot. But to your friend's point, this is what is so hard about making this kind of career change. There is no roadmap. I mean, the reason people wanted to sell leggings is because they tell you what to do. Trying to like start a career in tech, there's literally no roadmap. There's no, you, it's like overwhelmingly hard. Not only everyone's like, oh, there's tons of resources on the internet. That doesn't help. There's too many resources on the internet. There needs to be a framework where it's like, here is where you go. This is what you need to do. Here are the steps. Yeah. Because no one everyone's journey is different and there aren't any steps. And so what happens, I see this all the time because I mentor some people that are trying to get into software and they are totally lost just like I was because there's no roadmap. There's no steps. Like, what do you do next? Like, sure, no code. What the heck do I make with a no code tool? Like, what should I do? What are people going to pay for? How do I find those people? Like, it just feels like so nebulous. And I think that's why, although you hear all these great success stories, I think that's why making the transition is so hard. And for me, I took a ridiculous pay cut for a, for years before I, I've now exceed my previous income, but significantly exceed. Hey but yeah. um, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, but I mean, that was years. I mean, there was probably three to four years where I had taken this, I mean, you know, ridiculous pay cut, um, to rebuild and not everyone makes it on the rebuilding stage. Like there's just so many stages you can get stuck and you just can't. And and it's just not, it's just not knowing the path forward. Like now that I'm speaking this to you, that would be useful to people. Like where what do should you, you do, do? Yeah. Like where do you, like I'm thinking about start? something like there's, okay, there, there's like, there's programming courses, you know, there, there's 30 by 500, like, there's kind of all, you know, there, there's, um, zero to soul, you know, Arvik Hall's book, but like, I I mean, it's almost like, you know, there's so many things that go into it and it's so nebulous. It's almost like you should be able to like go to college for starting an internet business, except you can't because there's so many things that go into it. And like, so when you were, so, so like you, so, so, so let me understand this correctly. So you worked the, uh, dead end job and then you quit and you stayed home with your kids for a while and then you went back to work and then you did so you didn't and you decided you weren't going to go back there and basically it sounds like the the real like the light bulb for you that you weren't going to do that was you know your own self-worth it it sounds like um and that you just couldn't do that to yourself and you felt like you deserved better. But then, so when you went back to work, did you get an engineering job, like a, like an electrical engineering job? And then like, didn't you learn to code at night or something? Like, how did you tackle this? Yeah. So I never went back to work. So the first thing I did back, what this 10 years ago now, I wrote an iOS app because this was back in the day when people were making millions of dollars off of stupid iOS apps. Yeah, I was coming up so, in that era. And I think the most we ever made was 400 <laughs> bucks a month. Woohoo! Right? This was maybe 11, 10, 11 years ago. So I wrote an iOS app and 
you know, totally taught from scratch. There was only like one tutorial site at the time. All of this other stuff, Treehouse and all this stuff didn't exist. Um, there was this guy, I think his name is Ray Wenderlich. He had this iOS and this was before Swift. So this is like objective C days. I wrote an iOS app. I got it in the app store. I made $65 and I realized I could make money on the internet. And then I was like, oh, okay, there's something here. This iOS stuff though is not the path because not only would I have to learn Objective-C that's decent, I then would have to learn all of these other things about like building and selling an iOS app. And that is way too overwhelming in the beginning. Trying to learn how to code and learn how to run a business. These are not the same skill set. Like learning these at the same time when you come from a baseline of zero, I do not think is a good idea. I kind of feel like you should pick one or the other. So being technical minded, I picked learning to code. So I literally started listening to every inspirational learning to code podcast I could find. And in one of the podcasts, it was one of those real tech bro guys who was like, you can do it kind of <laughs> like um, Gary, Gary, what's his name? It wasn't Gary, what's his name, but it was someone like that who was like, you can do it. You know, you can start an internet business. All you got to do is learn Ruby on Rails. So I was like, cool. So I started, what was the resource back then? I think I got a book on Ruby on Rails and started building some apps. And I'm still, you know, I'm doing this at night, right? Because I still have the kids. I have three little kids at home, um, or maybe two at the time. I guess I only had two at the time. And then from there, Women Who Code had a bounty bug program. So they would pay you $75 to solve issues. And this was like tremendous for me because the $75, that doesn't sound like a lot now, right? That was huge because that could pay for babysitting for like hours. So, I mean, it would take me, and these things would take me like 15 hours. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, but that was tremendous for me also finding social groups. Like I got involved in some open source and the social groups were tremendous. And by social, I mean, you know, on Slack. Uh, and from there, and from there, I ended up getting a job as a Rails developer. So it felt like clawing my way through a path that did not exist is what it felt like, right? There was no, like, as an engineer previously, it was like, go to college, get a job. There was no, you know, the path was very clear. Whereas the path here, it was like, I started contributing this open source. I get so overwhelmed. I just stopped. And like six months later, one of the guys just reached out to me individually and said, hey, I see you took this issue on six months ago and you haven't solved it. Do you need help? And I was like, yes, I need all the help. Like, I am so confused. I don't know what I'm doing. So that guy who don't know, don't keep in touch with, no idea where he is in the world. But like, he was tremendous in helping me not to quit. Isn't that amazing? Like Like someone that you... Don't oh know over the internet just like shows up and is like, hello, can I help you? That's and then amazing. you don't even keep in touch with this person or know them, but they had this like, massive I be here without this influence guy. on your life. <laughs> I should, ch- I should ha- hunt him down and be like, Hey, remember me? <laughs> um, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. But I also think like, to, to this point, to your friend's point, and to me, like trying to get help my sister figure out what she wants to do for remote business, there's no path. I mean, it's so hard because you don't know what to do. Like people can work hard. I think motivated people, absolutely. There's so many people who could change their career trajectories. 
because people will work hard for what they want. But when you don't know which vector, you know, which direction to apply the work, you just spin around in circles. Like I would love for there to be a better way to help people start internet businesses because from our perspective, having done this for like, you know, eight years now or whatever, it's like, oh, you just do this thing. And oh, if you don't know what to do, just start with something. But it's so even, I mean, everything is hard in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Like, how do you send emails? Like, I mean, like, in, fa- in fairness, hard. like I we, we still don't send emails. So I don't know if I should. <laughs> <laughs> like we technically have tools um, for that. <laughs> I mean, but if you could think of like, now that I'm talking to you about this, like, a fully encompassing course. Oh my gosh. Great new idea here. Weren't you building a course or something for like, for, for your, you know, learn to code instead of selling leggings? Like, like that, like, like that is like, I feel like that is your like life's mission is to help. I know, right? MLMs, all of them are going down. (laughs) But here's the thing is, this is kind of my life mission. Yeah. But, but the thing that I think I thought I'd make a course to teach people how to be a Rails developer. The thing is, it's really hard to learn software well. Like, it's not going to happen. And here's my new thought. Oh my gosh, it's just coming to me. You're not going to learn software well in six months, especially if you have, you know, if you're working during the day. Like, you're just not. This is not, you're not going to become a good Rails developer in six months. So originally I thought my way was to help people learn to code. But I think... What makes more sense is actually to help people learn using probably no code tools, how to build online businesses. Cause that more aligns with the demographic of people I'm trying to help. Mm-hmm. Not how to learn to code, but like, how do you like, cause you know, the joke is every military spouse is a photographer. It's like the most prevalent. It's a very prevalent occupation, but ha- teach these, help these people learn how to like build a site and send emails and use a no code tool so they can, you know, accept payments on their website and like basic stuff so that people who want online businesses can still pursue what their individual passion is. Cause I'm finding like, I push people to try to learn to code. A lot of people don't want to learn to code. That's not their, their jam. You know, it reminds me of the, uh, something we say a lot in the, the sort of jobs to be done world is that, um, nobody wants a quarter inch drill they want a quarter inch hole so they can put a nail in it so they can hang a picture on their wall, right? Like learning Ruby on Rails like is not the end goal. The end goal is hanging the picture on the wall, which is building the business. Right. And if you want to have a real business, you got to know how to use the internets. Like you've got to- <laughs> Step class I number mean, one, right? how to use the internet. Actually, I think my university, like, I think I looked into like, like, oh, like, can I take like an HTML or like whatever, like class? And there was literally a class that was like, this is the internet. You will learn how to use a browser. And I was like, and then, then and then everything else was like C programming. And I was like, oh, this is not, like, I'm no. good. Like, um, yeah. Michelle. Think about this though. You're absolutely right. Like I approached it incorrectly thinking, oh, I need to teach the world how to code. World doesn't want to learn how to code. World wants to make money doing something they're already passionate about, whether that is selling something they make or whether that is being a photographer or, you know, running a home catering business. But that's what we could do. We could help teach people how, I mean, you could have a course, okay, I have to learn. I'm sure, you know, no code. That's the whole point is it's not that painful, right? You could have a course that 
basically walked someone through how to use no-code tools to set up a website where you can do things like accept money and do things like send automated emails. Dude. Do either of us know how to use the no-code stuff? No, okay. but we okay. can figure yeah. it out. I mean, we don't have time right now. <laughs> okay, hold on. But, like, first course is when we put ourselves through, which is how to use... No, you know what I I no just code. realized is that like you came into this conversation like fired up and then somehow you are even more fired up right now and I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> I love this though. I feel like I'm adding Michelle and Colleen University. Right? <laughs> I mean, we don't have time for it now, but Software Social University. Software Social University. Oh my gosh, it's coming. <laughs> anyway. Um. Well, before we uh, get more, you know, ideas out there, maybe we should wrap up also for apparently a lot of people listen to this podcast while running. Uh, and I have been told yes. that the fact that we're usually around 30 minutes is like people are like, great, I can go out and like, I know how long of a run that is. So um, we're already five minutes over what we usually plan for. So sorry, guys. It's because of all my great ideas. Well, uh, I, I, so I will see you in two weeks. So yes. We'll yes, I will be drinking really Starbucks and yes. wandering through Target next week. So, uh, but I know Colleen has exciting plans, and then I do. We'll uh, we'll talk to you later. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality. Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not. Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from ConsentKit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabel developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, Lynn Romick from Convini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.